for two years, and then all of a sudden, we get invited to this lavish dinner. Don't tell me that this is normal. What do you think is happening, Will? This beautiful moment is upon us. Hi, deaf camera. On my girlfriend, Katie. She thinks there's something in the house. I don't know. You believe me, right? I think we're going to have a very interesting time capturing whatever paranormal phenomena is occurring or is not occurring. The Phoenix lights flew southeast, which is exactly where we're headed. How do we get there? It's like what? six in the morning. This is going to be red. Literally nothing out here. What do you got? Whoa. Come look at this. What the hell? I don't like this. Okay. Are you awake? What are you doing? You're not gonna believe me, and I need you to remember what I'm saying. This thing, it's gonna follow you. Somebody gave it to me, and I passed it to you. You've cursed this family. This is witchcraft. <laughs> she placed a curse on me. Why have you turned against me? worried about because it is so hateful. now that i just want to see the sci-fi channel movie remake it and it's just like it's an island made of sharks something like that and then other sharks just keep eating the dead sharks out of the island yeah but and no. it gets smaller and smaller so that you have to escape from it and you're basically standing on top of sharks so you have to build things. a raft out of sharks yeah <laughs> and you tie them together with lots of little sharks biting each other's tails i think that this is going to make a million dollars this is the next fast and furious movie yeah, why not? That, that could do it. Uh, welcome to the Ways of Cinema. I'm Jack. I'm Andrew. And if you want to hire me for a screenwriting job, I got plenty of great ideas. He has oodles. Um, but yeah, no, we're here today to go back to a segment which we have now uh, made into a uh, an annual thing. It didn't quite. We mean dedicated to... an entire month to horror. That's right. Our main subject is specifically tailored. Uh, made for this genre that we like so much and sometimes we have big problems with it but generally we quite love it and i think the reason why we have problems with it is because we love it so much we're that tough parent who wants to try to give its genre the tough love that it needs we're hurting it because we love it yes we are you're gonna stay in this closet until you think about what you've done movie whiplash <laughs> Well, Whiplash is not a horror film. No, but no, it's not. I was going to say, you were, so you got to make that whoosh sound. It's just saying Whiplash doesn't work. All um, right. But you actually have watched more of the horror movies this time around. Because I think in the past, 
I've kind of come in and maybe seen some more horror movies and you've seen some of them, but then maybe you listen to me. But now this month you actually have more of the horror movies and I have a couple. I was busy. That's good. Well, I, I, I mean, I've seen a couple too. But I'll, I'll see if I, how I can work that in based on what, you've, what you're going to talk about. Sweet. So, basically, I decided this year I was going to concentrate on more recent releases. I mean, maybe a few years uh, back, but okay. a lot of the horror events that I missed. Yeah, and there are a couple. Of the, the, the two that I'm going to talk about are also pretty recent, too. So, I'm going to talk about one I know you've, talk, you've seen. Good. Uh, and I think it's best to start out strong. So let's talk about the human centipede. Oh boy, the human centipede. Yeah, the human centipede. Had you ever seen this before? No. Okay. So, and, you know, I just watched it by myself. You want to know what's funny about this? What? I was watching this, I started watching it one evening. Yeah. And it got to a certain part. Where everything had been explained. <laughs> Did you just feel like you were going to throw up your dinner? <laughs> no, it's, it's not that. But, like, the, the human centipede is, you know, for those of you who don't know. Oh, God. Who crazy know? German doctor decides, instead of splitting apart people like Siamese twins, he's going to put together three people by sewing their mouths to each other's anuses. Yes. And, and, but not like in a circle. Like it's only three people in a line. Yes, exactly. And, and he outlines in front of them how he's going to do this. Yeah, he, he, he actually shows them a graph. He has quite detailed diagrams. Yeah, he doesn't, he doesn't just do this and leave them to themselves. Like he actually helpfully shows them how, what the plan is. Yeah. I guess in some ways in he's the, a, in some ways he's a lot more communicative of a doctor than most real doctors. <laughs> well, but that's, he that's uh, a discussion for another time. True. Uh, but and in the end, when you get go into this film, you might like think to yourself, "Why is he doing this?" Well, does he really have a reason? He never explains it. No, but, it's just. But in terms of like meta narrative, it's like he's doing this for the same reason we are watching the movie. We all, all of us, and he want to see this person connected, these three people connected together with horrific surgery. Here's that's the whole point. Here's something I should bring up, though. Now I don't know if you knew this. Against the better judgment of everybody in the world, there are three human centipede movies. Right. And the thing, but all of differing tone. No. Well, the thing is, is that in the first movie, okay, it's it is pretty obviously abhorrently disgusting mm. this whole idea of these this the main guy is getting fed you know he can't help it he's gonna shit into this woman's mouth she's gonna eat it and then she's gonna shit out into the next guy's mouth and so um but you don't really see it because the way that their mouths are stitched you actually don't see anything and they have these cloth coverings over their over their yeah, rear ends in, and their mouths and that's more, it leaves it more to your imagination but well, also that's for practical reasons they can't it, it, no amount of makeup is going to make a convincing ass to mouth like, connection well no i feel like at one point maybe one of the mouths did get disconnected did that happen uh, i'm i'm getting across no. but the thing is is that Although the, the, the sequel, apparently, the second movie, and which I haven't seen because I just, I heard that it was horrible. Mm. Like, the not just that, like, what the, the director shows, but the movie. Because in the sequel, what happens is that, talking about meta-narrative, the sequel begins with a guy 
sitting in the audience watching the human centipede <laughs> or he's finished watching it like the credits are going up and he decides he's going to make his own human centipede and he gets together this is more the second people. one yeah this is like he gets not just three he gets like six people or it might be more and but he's not a doctor he's just like a crazy guy and the way that he puts the people together he completely screws it up and um you yeah, actually sounds, see uh... you actually see the shit co- like coming out of the sides of the of the mouths like the stitches come out it's that's much less tastefully done <laughs> <laughs> well that's the interesting thing and also the other thing the the main actor in this movie what's his name Dieter something Dieter Laser I was going to call him Dieter Dengler but that's not the same guy this man's name is Dieter Laser yeah and he's he's probably the my favorite part of the movie he's the most distinct personality in this yeah I mean perhaps aside from the Japanese man I guess I mean, but he yeah he, I don't remember I know there's a woman there are in the two middle. women Oh, two women. Okay, uh, but they are just like American dumbass tourists who don't yeah. know anything. They can't even change their own tire. I uh, think, now let see me ask. see how many lives you save by just being able to change a tire. Yeah, you don't have to go walking into the woods and come across a crazy scientist's lab. Yeah, I guess that's the moral of the story. If Ladies, she knew how to change a tire, she'd be okay. Yeah, it's not that hard, people. All right. Yeah. But uh, it's interesting though, because yeah, in the first movie though, unlike the sequel, which again I haven't seen, I haven't seen it. But it leaves a little more to your imagination. Yes, for for better or worse, Hmm. and worse. It's also very interesting because I mean we know about body horror. Yeah. When when we think of body horror, we think of usually one person. That's David Cronenberg. And Cronenberg is you know you can't really supplant him, but. Human Centipede managed to be very unique by adding something that Cronenberg lacks, which is a, a healthy degree of realism. I think that Cronenberg could be pretty realistic at times. I don't think so. I think most of his most of what happens to people in Cronenberg films is very fantastic. It's very s- stylized. I mean, in The Fly, Jeff Goldblum turns into a fly. There's no science in the world. That's going to explain how that works. Oh, so I, you're saying that th- this movie is more realistic? Well, in a way. I mean, think about other Cronenberg's films. It's like, well, Scanners, a man's head explodes, and, you know, there are all these weird things that happen. Uh, Fair point. Yeah, Videodrome, whatever the hell happens in that happens. <laughs> the, the guy reaches into his stomach to get a gun. Yeah, and it's like, this, the, this, the, it's all these weird... And uh, The Brood. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. It's all these very strange things. Like the body is fair enough. The body is warping and mutating in in all these really unusual ways. Yeah, well, in this, it's not that it's really warping. You're just watching this one thing that's they're connected. Right, but it's done with a degree of believability where you could see like if a doctor wanted to do this, yeah, this might be how he did it. And these are some of the problems that would happen uh, if you were in that situation. I don't remember hating the human centipede. I even kind of enjoyed it in part because of the doctor. Right. Um, and but I think after it was over, I was just like, "Well, I watched that." Oh, do you want to hear? Get back to the earlier part of when I was first watching it. Please. I got to the part after he explained this, and then he was doing the surgery. Yeah. Now I'm not particularly bothered by a lot of things. I wasn't bothered by the idea of poop. I wasn't bothered by the idea of, of cutting around the mouth. The thing that bothered me was when he was talking about how he was going to cut the tendons in the knees. 
Yeah, well, that's the other thing. That I you, am not you, a big fan of tendon cutting. Yeah, because, <laughs> that's, well, that's, that's, well, that's the thing is that, they, you know, the, the people to be cut together, they have to be on their hands and knees at all times. And he's going to make it so they can't extend their legs. And and I, and I and he got to that surgery point, and I could see him, like, prodding the legs, and I'm like, it's late. I, and, <laughs> and, like, I had just eaten, like, I had just eaten, like, kind of a hefty heavy meal yeah and i was like i don't want to go to bed after finishing the human centipede and have this on my mind and everything and i'm just like i'm gonna life's t- too short <laughs> and i'm just gonna take a break <laughs> so i finished it the next day it wasn't as bad as i imagined it was going to be no they don't sh- i don't remember that being that graphic no it, it's actually not i mean there's a little bit of blood oh you can see maybe a little bit of cutting but it's not it's see that's why i brought up the sequel because i wonder if he heard all this feedback about how like oh this was actually a pretty tastefully done horror movie and maybe he was disappointed himself because he thought he was making some like gross masterpiece or something that could be that's that's kind of a a similar reaction like according to legend that toby hooper had after texas chainsaw massacre Uh, well actually i think well he wanted to make well no that's the opposite he wanted to make like a pg movie Right. Like, but it got slapped with a raid, like with an R rating. Yeah, definitely. It, 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 well. Uh, whatever. But the point but, is, though, but, but what did you think of the movie? I think it's it's really kind of fascinating. Hmm. It's a little slight yeah. in terms of plot. Mm-hmm. But again, in the end, you watch The Human Centipede because you want to see a human centipede. And you get it. You do. It's and one of those movies that isn't false advertising. Uh, it's it's kind of uh, it's what's, like what's a movie like that where you snakes just... on a plane. Yeah, yeah, it is yeah, pretty much. It is what its title suggests. Yeah, and you know if you wanted that, then you get it. I if, think. That, yeah, but what what else can you expect? Well, the other thing is that apparently uh, I've I've seen the the trailer for the movie, and it's one of those trailers that if you watch the trailer for the Human Centipede. You basically have watched the movie. Hmm. So, yeah, that's the one downside. If you've seen the trailer, it's just... Oh. Right, but we can learn anything, a lot of things from any horror film. What we've learned is from this one is learn how to change a tire. <laughs> but, yeah, you always talk about that, things that you can learn. Yeah. Uh, but, uh, act, kind. it delivers on the spectacle, but it doesn't seem... What's it, the point? No, it's uh, well, we know the point. What word are what were you trying to look for? Is there anything past it's the not, exploitation? It's not of it? flashy. No, but it's, it delivers it's, everything it promises. No, it does. Uh, I do wish that maybe it surprised me a little bit with something. Yeah. Because once you get the human centipede and you see, okay, well, here's how this is going to work. As you would expect. It delivers on the human centipede much earlier than you think it would. Yeah. You know, if I remember correctly, it, will just, it, it, it happens within the first 15 minutes or so. Well, not the... It happens early. Yeah. <laughs> but, you know, again... What I'm saying is that other things that could have happened in the story later on to make it a little bit more gripping or suspenseful. Sure. It does. It certainly doesn't get more complex the longer it no, goes on. It's just, well, here's what you get. But, you know, in the end, you could say, I saw something that I've never seen before. That's true. And I think, I don't remember who said this. This was the man who wrote Reanimator, the film. Okay. I forget what his name Stuart is. Stuart Gordon? Maybe. But well, he he's said, the director. 
No, no, that then it wasn't him. Uh, the, the screenwriter. He said it, every film should show you something you've never seen before, which can be tough. Cause it can be yeah. tough, right? But this film delivers on that. So no matter what else you say, it did that. Right on. Right. Um, well, I could talk about a movie which. Sure. Um, you know how in our earlier segment we were kind of talking about uh, Silence of the Lambs and we had that kind of debate about, uh, well, is this movie horror or is it thriller? What is it? Uh, those movies that sometimes kind of blend the genre, which right. I always find interesting. I, I well, you know, even it, if even it, if you don't necessarily call Silence of the Lambs downright horror film, the fact that we can even approach that so shows how much of an impact that movie made. Um, but uh, a movie that I saw a little bit, not quite to the level of lines. this movie isn't as great as that, but there's this movie that I watched recently called The Invitation. Okay. Um, and, uh, it, actually this director, uh, this, her name was Karen Kusama. Uh, Wait a minute. Oh, I know that name. Do you? She is on this series I like to watch, Trailers from Hell. Oh, she's popped often. up on that? Yeah. Oh, cool. Yeah, well, she's made, uh... She, She's had kind of an up and down kind of career. She hasn't made that many movies. She started her career with this movie Girl Fight, with which also introduced the world to Michelle Rodriguez, for better or worse. Um, and it was a good movie. Then she did an adaptation of Eon Flux, which kind of bombed. And um, and then she did a movie which I was not very hot on called Jennifer's Body. Um, All right, I I know that film, which is a Diablo Cody scripted movie. But now she's try she's now kind of making a comeback, you could say, um, and it's you know, and you know, sometimes these directors get kind of sucked away. I think here this movie, it's all taking place in one location, and it's an independent film, like a real independent feeling film, where this character, uh. And his girlfriend uh, are going to this uh, party that he doesn't really want to go to because it's being held. It's being done by his uh, his ex wife and her new uh, husband. And the reason they broke up, it, it, he there was a very tragic incident that happened with their kid, and you know he really doesn't want to be there, but he's there. And everything seems a little off. Everything's a little creepy. Uh, there are other friends. Some of them he knows. Some of them he's meeting for the first time. Um, one of them is uh, the, a person he's never met before. Is played by John Carroll Lynch, who's the is who's a character actor who I always love seeing. He made a really big impression in the movie Zodiac because he played Arthur Allen, Arthur Lee Allen. Oh yeah, that guy. Yeah. He also popped up in this movie, uh, The Founder, that I saw earlier this year. He always makes a really distinct impression. And he always has that feeling where you don't know whether he's going to be really nice or really... He's a big guy. He's a big guy. And he ha and he looks so, sort of benign because he, he's got this very round face. Yeah. And, you know, and he's, and he's a little heavy. But he could also be dangerous. Yeah, he can go either way. He can be, like, friendly, like, hey, how's it going, neighbor? But if he just, like shuts down and goes into like serious mode then he's this big guy and you don't and you don't know where he's gonna go with that yeah uh and i love seeing him uh there are also 
Yeah, and there are a lot of character actors who I you wouldn't really know them if I said their names. It'd just be like, uh, okay. Um, but there are people, and in a way, that works to the movie's favor because you're not taken out. Oh, here's this actor who I know in this role, and it turned and then like the the his ex-wife and her new lover like they they reveal the reason they want all these people there for this party it's because not just one of you is a murderer uh no but it's it's a lot more it's a it, be, it turns into a very culty type of experience and it's like they show everybody there this video to try to get them part of what they call the invitation of the title uh and it's a um have we told you about the black pyramid <laughs> it sounds like a this sounds like a very night veil setup maybe <laughs> it's like i didn't really think common about domestic situation mixed with culty lovecraftian horror well not quite lovecraftian this is more in line with uh oh god i don't want to quite say it but the, almost like the jonestown right thing uh, again, I'm not going to say this is exactly the same thing, but it's the type of thing where we're coming to this place, we're coming to have this party, and we're, we're all going to talk about something in our lives that made, you know, we're, we feel really bad about, and we want to try to, you know, correct that. And so, when, when the point I'm getting at with all this is, at least for the first two-thirds of this movie, I thought, did Netflix, because I watched this on Netflix, I'm like, did Netflix mix up the genre of this movie because i feel like i'm watching this very awkward demet like drama and i mean it's really awkward because this character is there and again he doesn't want to be there everyone is trying to make nice and he doesn't know how to feel around his ex-wife and he and this guy who and the, and her lover is very tries to be very nice to him in such a way like hey man how's it going you know where are, you know you're doing okay and he's like i don't know and and, and <laughs> You know, his and his girlfriend's trying to calm her down, and he's just thinking about what his life used to be like with his ex. And at first, I was like, "This is kind of like one of these really awkward situational comedies," but it's not a comedy. Like that one with the guy who runs away from the avalanche that you told me about. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. What the hell yeah. was that movie Force called? Force majeure. Yeah, yeah. That's a little funnier than this. Um, this is very dark, and at first, and there are little things that I thought, okay, maybe it's inching towards horror. Maybe it's not there. In the last third of the movie, though, something happens, and finally, it becomes what we would expect the movie to be. Hmm. Which, in a way, it was satisfying, but I almost wish it had gone another direction. The way that the movie looks, I could see. Okay, this does have the feeling of something's going to happen. I just, I don't know what's going to happen. This could go either way. Either this character, either our main character is going to be proven right by all of his suspicions about these people, or he's going to be proven wrong. Yeah. And he's going to feel like a jackass. Either uh, either branching paths are equally enticing. And the thing is, it's a good movie. I would say to re I would recommend it. Uh, even though, again, it's not strictly horror, but it does have a lot of horror elements. Mm -hmm. In a way, it becomes more of like this really taut thriller um and there's a lot of uncertainty which makes it very intense but it's also a movie that this is not too common a thing have you ever seen a movie that completely messes up in the last 30 seconds 
I've like known, the very end. I've known a film that messed up in like the last ten minutes. Okay, well, this is because the thing is, if this movie had ended, like even just a minute before it does, I would have been like, "Well, that was a really good movie." The very last minute of this film, it like when I, when I went online and I was writing on my little review site, I'm like, "I'm gonna take a half star off just for this minute of the movie." Oof. It completely killed what should have been like an easy enough way to end the story. And instead it shows shoves this unbelievable, oh my god, look what else is going on right now. And I was just like, no, 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 no. What are you doing? No. This is so unrealistic. You've just completely gone into fantasy land. Yeah. When everything else has been so... When we were talking about just now about Human Centipede, about when you have... When you create the context of this realistic situation, like again, even though it seems outrageous and outlandish that a guy would sew three people together by the ass, you see um, him do it, and he, you see him do it, and you suddenly think, "Oh, okay, so this could happen in real life." Yeah. Um, unfortunately, they made the sequel, but that's. But the point I'm making is, in this movie, The Invitation, everything up like ninety-five percent of the movie, you can believe could happen. In some way. Like, there are some things that ultimately I did kind of question a few motives that it could be taken this far. But ultimately I was buying into it. And then, the, like, the last 30 seconds, I was just like, what? No! Yeah. Because I've seen that happen a few times in movies. Uh, there was a horror movie years back called The Last Exorcism. Right. You ever heard of this? Yeah. Have you seen it? No. Okay. In that that movie, I, I watched a few horror, modern horror films. I haven't watched all of the modern no, horror films. No, 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 films. no. I wasn't gonna say. Well, no, that that's a movie that it th that's a little bit different because the thing with the invitation that's disappointing. It's one thing if you feel like there's a director working all this time, and then at the very end, maybe the studio tacked on an ending, or they kind of forced something else on that wasn't supposed to be there. Um, uh, like Blade Runner originally, its theatrical cut was like that. Um, this was something that was done by the filmmakers themselves. They didn't have any studio breathing down their necks. They just messed it up. Yeah, they totally shit the bed. Uh, but until then, I would say it's really worth watching. Uh, just like, just pretend that the last few yeah. things didn't happen. And it's funny because it works actually really well as this really dark sad domestic drama when it gets into conventional horror it's still good and i still enjoyed it i almost wish it had gotten into a different direction Ooh. but it still worked and i'd say that the invitation if you do check it out on netflix again it's netflix you're not going to feel too cheated except for the you've, very end you've already paid for your subscription yeah exactly um so what else is going on okay uh, well, well, before we finish that, what's something we've learned from the invitation? Oh, good uh, idea. What can what lesson can we take away from Man, this? Man, I feel like uh, we're like uh, J.K. Simmons at the end of Burn After Reading. Uh, so what have we learned? <laughs> I guess not to do that again. Yeah. <laughs> that was the very end of that movie. <laughs> he just saw, he asked like after everything that happened in that movie, he's like the he's like the the the, the, the god. He's like, so what have we learned? Um. With the invitation, I'd say what I what you. Hmm, it's a good question. Break off all ties with your ex. Mmm. Don't go to any parties, especially <laughs> if 
what happened. Well, no, no. Here, here's a lesson learned from the invitation is as soon as you see a red flag, don't take it for granted. Yeah. That's a good lesson to learn. Especially, I mean, that's a lesson in a lot of horror movies. Especially but... if you don't want to be there in the first place. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> All right. That's good life advice. Yeah. All right. Thank you, the invitation. Yeah. All right. Let me go back. Uh, I'm going to go back further mm-hmm. than the human centipede. I mm-hmm. think. Yes. Uh, I decided to check this out because we've I've bashed this series without necessarily getting into it. Uh, before the ghost dimension, there was an original <laughs> film called Paranormal Activity. Well, define original, but yeah, sure. Uh. <laughs> it was the first film that we know of that was called Paranormal Activity. <laughs> the ghost dimension. But, you know... You, so you bashed the title, though, not necessarily the movie. It's a pretty silly title. But, it is. But here's the... Uh, I watched Paranormal Activity. Okay. And I'm not going to talk about the flaws of Paranormal Activity. It's not very good. Oh, you don't think so? I kind of enjoy the first I one. don't think it's very good because this... What part of it? Is it like not good overall? Are there things that really annoyed you? The characters were inconsistent. The man, Micah, mm. is a dumbass. A little His bit, yeah. wife... I, I kind of like the wife. She's okay but she doesn't seem very convincing the actress doesn't do a good job and mm-hmm. i but i think the main problem is is that the filmmakers took for granted that this would be a found horror like this was going to be a found footage film from the beginning uh but the filmmakers kind of took it for granted and didn't do the necessary groundwork to make it a convincing found horror film how so well you know how like in a film when you film in a house to make it seem like a normal house you have to design the set and put objects in certain places and totally manipulate the totally manipulate the surroundings yeah. so that when you film it you convince the audience that it's a normal house mm. It's like a lot of work goes into making things look normal in films. It looks like a pretty average house. Yeah, but that's the problem. The house doesn't seem lived in because it doesn't have any of the normal things that houses have. Well, isn't it kind of a new house that they go into? That's another thing. Micah and his wife are boyfriend and girlfriend, yet they have enough money to own a house. Hmm. I don't know. Now, that's just that's a slight detail. We have to have it in a house. So let's 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 take that for granted. Nowhere in the house do you see things like prepared food or stacks of mail or maybe like a coat put over a chair or like a blanket on the couch or you know, maybe like now certain things you can't do because you don't want logos in the in the area. But I mean, you can find like a plain looking thing and just dress up that set. That that house looks like a house they rented for the weekend to shoot the movie. <laughs> and it's like, but it goes on to the characters. The... You never see any of them be like go off to work or talk about their jobs. You never uh. hear about. It's like it's kind of like the things that don't matter, but. This is supposed to be a found footage movie where we're supposed to have the illusion of reality. Oh, an illusion of realism. Mm. But nothing about the character's behavior or their settings looks natural. Hmm. 
I was able to buy it up you to can a point. buy it but if you look if but if you look carefully you see that that hmm. you see that it's it's a good point it's like why is this house so empty why does it seem so clean why does nobody seem to do anything except talk about this ghost i mean you have to stay focused on the plot but i mean there's nothing it doesn't seem like it doesn't we don't ha- see enough of them as a couple before the ghost is that what you mean yes uh yeah. well part of you that you see a little bit but it's not but I mean, they've been I mean, together I'm not, I'm not gonna defend this movie to... hardcore enough i don't love it either i i think i like it a little more than you Okay, but I think I like it more just because of a couple of the set. Now this doesn't come up in other films because well, well again, well this like, is, think about think about another found footage film like Blair Witch that just took place in the woods. The woods are the woods. You don't have to dress those <laughs> up. But they still actually did some cool design. They, they made some like stick figures and they like found a cool house that was supposed to look abandoned. But you know those are small parts of they don't take much up much time in the film. But even that house has like handprints on the walls. And very simple things to dress up that set. Now, think about Cloverfield. That's a major production. You know, special effects. Yeah. Crazy. I should mention that... They had the budget to make that film look yeah. natural. Paranormal Activity, I should tell you, had that might have had less of a budget than like my movie. Right. Uh, like I think it had a budget of like $15,000. I mean, but it doesn't have any of those simple touches. Like, like the, Actually, I'm going to bring up a movie... That and I'm bringing this up for a specific reason because the guy behind this actually was a very supportive support big supporter of Paranormal Activity and helped get it into I think you know a lot more theaters. Uh, Steven Spielberg Poltergeist hmm. that feels like a real house. Yes. You know, it's not a found footage movie, but you can believe that's a real house, that's a real family. I mean, but again, that's a set. It's a set, but you can believe that it's a house up to a point. It's a major production, though. But and you have professional set designers and set decorators who work on that. But what you're saying is that even, and, and, even though even though somebody is working on a micro-budget film like Paranormal Activity, they could still do things to make it look authentic. Yeah, I mean, we're not talking about going back in post and like inserting some CGI effects of anything. I'm, I'm just talking about dr- having somebody on the set who knows, who can like make it look natural. Okay. I mean, it's, it's invisible work, but it's work you need to do. Hmm. It's been a while since I've watched the movie, so I'd have also, to... Also, the acting is it terrible. <laughs> it's... <laughs> yeah. Well, he's, he's really annoying. He's just annoying because he's, it's. But you don't think, but you don't like her. I don't like her either, mainly because I like her. She up doesn't to a point. do anything. Mm, she I, does. She does kind of. Mope. Her her boyfriend is like, I'm gonna film this ghost stuff happening, and she's just like, don't do that. But, but it's like, at least within the context of the film, he's doing something, yeah. even if he's a douchebag. <laughs> I mean. But then, like, later on, he does this thing where it's, like, he doesn't want to call, like, the ghost expert in because it's, like, this whole macho thing. It's, like, I'm going to take care of this. And it's, like, well, you didn't even believe in the ghosts to begin with. And then it's, like, well, if you didn't believe in the ghosts, why are you filming it? Yeah. And then why do you keep filming it? I mean, you have to keep filming it to have a movie. But the script just went around in circles and circles and circles. And we... Ne- and... You couldn't figure out what this character really wanted. I, you know what stands out in that movie though, like it. Sometimes I like that when a horror movie has one really 
good creepy moment. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't know. I wouldn't, I wouldn't necessarily say anything in Paranormal Activity necessarily scared me. Like, because I, I had the experience of seeing Paranormal Activity. I don't know if this is the way it's supposed to be seen, but this is just how I saw it when it first came out in a packed theater uh-huh. with people who were very easily jumpy. The kind of people you film for the promotional trailer? Yeah, almost. Not quite to that extent, but close enough. Like they've done with every paranormal activity since then. <laughs> well, I'd love to see where these audiences are. Yeah. <laughs> to be kind of... But no, yeah, it was but that you... kind of audience. But the one creepy moment for me, though, I like to see have a moment that when we talk about, okay, show us something we haven't quite seen before, what we talked about earlier, mm-hmm. I don't know if I had seen a moment where you're just seeing, like, when, uh, what's her name in the movie? Uh, Lacey? I forget. L- I forget what her name The is. woman. Yeah. She's just standing there for hours and hours by the bed. Now that's... I like that scene a yeah. lot. That that's is... something I hadn't seen quite like that before, where you just have a bit of a time lapse, and she's just standing there. Doing yeah. nothing. That 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 is effective. And the thing I do have to say about Pornhub activity that it does well is that it does very it, it does do a lot with some very simple things like that time lapse you were talking about, or like sheets moving across a bed, uh, and you know things like just sounds in the background that sound like footsteps. Yeah. The thing that sticks out to two things stick out to me is when um, Micah goes into the attic. Oh yeah, yeah, and finds that photo, and also the very end. Well, the very end is a little well. It's it's effective in a way, even though it kind of goes, it dips its hand a little too much into. Well, let's just do this all the way. Yeah, I think, but, and actually, but spe- right up to just right up to the last shot. Yeah, when you hear those footsteps. You know what I mean? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. That is, a, that's a moment where you're just like, you take a, you hold your <laughs> breath. Yeah. And you're just like, what's going on? Yeah. <laughs> and I have to give the movie that. Mm-hmm. They had some great moments. Ultimately, though, they're like packed in like this sort of sawdust <laughs> around them. Is there something you say you could learn from this movie? What can you learn from this movie? Um... listen to experts when you have a problem in your house well wasn't there well i i just remembered the scene where the ghost expert comes in and immediately okay leaves. here's the thing <laughs> okay yeah <laughs> which gets a laugh I, I actually thought that was pretty funny when i saw that okay uh but you have a thing about that here's the thing when you have any sort of supernatural situation don't get a ouija board especially when you're uh, especially when your girlfriend says don't get a ouija board all these characters that do I know. that, man. But uh, it, but it's like it's so weird because it's like it's like don't get a Ouija board, don't do that. Cut. I have a Ouija board. <laughs> and it's like, and he keeps wondering why she's so upset with him. Yeah. All right, that's enough about paranormal. Okay. Activity. Well, in line with that, that Ouija actually, boards are stupid. Yeah. Well, that that actually segues a little bit into the other movie that I saw, which is also found footage. Again, another movie that I guess you could say blends the genre a tiny bit. Um, also connected with Blair Witch. Uh, this new movie that somehow came out in the theaters, even though it probably could have gone straight to video or Netflix or something. This movie called Phoenix Forgotten. Yeah. You went to see this in the theaters? I did. I went to my, by myself. Um, 
It was interesting because I was... You were talking about us going together, but I don't think I got back to you. Nah, it's okay. I probably would have seen it with you if it was, like, video on demand. Mm. Yeah, no, it's not that. Well, the interesting thing is, somehow... I get, this was released by some studio I'd never heard of. And the reason it got released in theaters is because Ridley Scott is a producer on it. Really? Yeah, that's it. It was produced by the Scott Free... You see the Scott Free production logo. Um... <laughs> I want it's funny because I watched some internet review show where they reviewed this movie and it was like these two guys and one of them I guess had, was out in the bathroom or something when the Scott Free logo came up and when he came back so he watched this whole movie and at the end the end credits come up and you see producer Ridley Scott and his reaction was what the hell <laughs> <laughs> because this movie is you know we talk about like paranormal activity was made with you know, very little budget. Actually, that was another movie that I mentioned Steven Spielberg earlier because he was actually a big fan, apparently, of Paranormal Activity. Mm. Uh, he actually suggested the ending. Mm. Uh, or at least part of it. Um, I forget which part. It might be like when the character went to the camera. Right. Um, but yeah, somehow Ridley Scott got involved with this. And and I... Uh, they were probably happy to have him just so they could put his name on yeah. it. Yeah. All right, so what this movie does is interesting because it is, it's not entirely found footage. In a way, it's indebted to Blair Witch, but it's also indebted, structurally at least, to Cannibal Holocaust, hmm. which, uh, I don't know if that's I mean, going to come up sometime soon. Cannibal but, Holocaust is like the great granddaddy of the found footage film. Yeah, but what's interesting when, you, when, you, when we talk about that is... We say that Cannibal Holocaust is, but it's not entirely. Because what happens in Cannibal Holocaust, you actually have a real regular movie for the first two thirds. You have a guy who's going down the Amazon. He found out this film crew went missing. He's trying to locate them. He first makes... of all, going down the river into a remote jungle. Bad decision. Yeah, pretty much. It's always a bad decision. Yeah. <laughs> Even in The Lost City of Z, it's probably not a good decision. Yeah. Um, but then he finds, eventually, he finds the original film cans, he brings them back uh, to New York, and the last third of that movie, they're just watching the footage and uh, that the filmmaker shot, and you see how horrible everything was. In this movie, what happens is that uh, this woman in present day is looking back at some footage that was shot by her older brother, who went missing in the late 90s, uh, in like Phoenix, apparently there is some. I don't know if this is based on any real thing. There are these things in the movie, at least. There are these things called the Phoenix Lights, where people were look. Or one night saw all these weird lights up in the sky, and nobody knew what they were. Were they like, were they aliens? Who are they? Where are they? And this kid got really fascinated by it, and he went with uh, this one girl and this other friend, and just decided, okay, we're gonna try to figure out what this is. We're gonna go out into the desert and. Uh, See what these Phoenix lights are all about. Tip number two. Going randomly out into the desert. <laughs> yeah. Not a good idea. That's actually, I'll just say what we learned from this movie. Don't go out randomly into the desert where you can get lost. Yes. Um, but, uh, but structurally, so the first two thirds are structured more just like a documentary. Not really found footage. It's more like, okay, this woman is putting this movie together. Which I, I actually really admire that style. Uh, where it's a fake, not not a mockumentary, but a fake documentary. Last broadcast. Last well, last broadcast. I was going to mention uh, Diary of the Dead, which I might be the only defender of on the planet because I I kind of love that movie. 
Uh, and the, <laughs> what I kind of love about that is you're wa- what we're watching as the film, the context of this is that this pretentious film student edited together a documentary, but also all this footage that she and her friends have shot while they're trying to escape like the zombie apocalypse right. while she's holed up in a bunker. <laughs> And somehow we're watching this, and it's like an ultra meta commentary. But I, I'm going off track. But this is a little more conventional than that. This is, um, you know, because because Campbell Holocaust didn't really pretend to be a documentary for the first part. It was just a regular movie. And then here's all this footage of these horrible people in the Amazon, you know, killing animals and raping people. And now the Amazonians are going to get their revenge. In this movie, it becomes more like the Blair Witch in the last third because we're looking at footage shot 20 years ago on like these high eight camcorders. And the filmmakers I f- actually did a pretty decent job of capturing what it's like to get footage like that from that period. Yeah. Um, where everything looks really messed up. And uh, the actors are convincing enough. Uh, the the main actress girl who you see on the poster. Uh, the thing that's cool is that they're not overly acting like they're from the nineties. There's no like tubular dude. There's nobody like skating or anything like that. They're just nineties kids. Oh man, I can't even think of any nineties. <laughs> Mondo, dude. I'm thinking of, like Ninja Turtles catchphrases. Uh, <laughs> those are those. I think they're technically from the eighties. <laughs> exactly. Um. No fear. I, yeah. <laughs> no fear. I didn't expect to... I'm not going to say that this movie is very good, uh, but it's better than I expected. Cool. Um, I, that's what I would say. It it pays off enough to be passable. Like, it could have been more. Uh, I mean, there is more... You could say there's a science fiction element because of aliens. Yeah. Um, but there also is a lot of horror to this as well. Um... Because, you know, I mentioned this actress, her name's Chelsea Lopez. She's the girl on the poster. She acts terrified very well. And we and the cool thing is in the first two thirds, because this girl in present days looking back on all this other footage that she has access to of her brother and their friends, we get to learn the, about these characters a little bit beforehand. And then it's like she discovered, she's get sent the missing tape so to speak because it's like the last tape she has cuts off just before they go into the desert and then it's one of those things where oh here's the camera that is completely messed up and somehow we are able to extract the tape and all the footage is fine i mean we have to believe that somehow um and also the special effects are pretty well done too uh, considering how probably no budget it is because it's all seamlessly done in the 90s camcorder footage that's different than like when you watch blair witch you're kind of just believing okay here's how this all looks yeah on these cameras here they do that but they also add little extra things but you can buy into it um so again it's probably better than, than expecting but you don't have to rush out to see it in the theater i all think right. you i think you were okay not seeing it there I remember the, the interesting thing for me was seeing in the theater. I was sitting next to this very large family. Yeah. A lot of them were very young. They were like teenagers and young kids. At the very end of the movie, somebody got up, like as the credits came up, somebody got up and exclaimed, 
That shit was ass. <laughs> Most eloquent movie review ever. Not not a fan, I guess. Um, yeah. So I, yeah, you know, it, it it pays off if you have the patience for it because there is a lot that you have to kind of wait through to get to the fuller to the full horror elements. But once you get to it, like, because I'm like, because in Blair Witch, I felt like there was more of that parsed out. Yeah. Um, so this is, I mean, it is a Blair Witch ripoff, but it's not terrible. It's another found footage film. It's another found footage movie that where you can where enjoy it, if and you, you want to see it. And if you want a lesson, just don't go into the desert. There are coyotes out there. Even if there aren't aliens, you'll probably die of thirst or yeah you know maybe something else will get you you'll be bitten by a snake watch out for snakes um all right all right what's up with you well let's go on to the next one yes please uh evil dead remake okay i really enjoyed that okay i i i liked it i i'm not gonna say i loved it um it added to the original mm. I, I i noticed uh, as I was watching it, there are very few direct visual references to the original Evil Dead. There are some. I mean, it takes place in basically the same kind of place, it, same setting, same looking cabinet. Cabin, I mean, not cabinet. They all take place in a cabinet. We're all living in a cabinet, Andrew. Yeah, but it, there are very few things like... It's not like we're not going to duplicate this scene from the Evil Dead. We're going to do our own version of it. Okay. Or we're going to take it in a different. Or we're gonna we're gonna think about that. Where we're gonna go in a different direction. Uh, the, well, well, the main thing I remember is that the this time they give some back. They give a lot. They give a lot of reason for why the. The, the one girl is going up there yeah. because she tried to kill herself. Yeah. And the thing that I found really fascinating about the demons from this film is that, first of all, it's really easy for them to yeah. reemerge. It's like, you, you just need five souls? Okay, fine. Uh, but it's like, okay. But then it's like, the way they work is, you know, they possess people. And they don't just possess people. They defile people. <laughs> they mess them up. They, they, they run them through through not they run them through the grinder. And it's just like I'm gonna do these awful things to you and I'm going to make this the most terrible thing ever just because of something. I don't know what it is, but that's just the way it's gonna work. Mm. And I like uh, how they tweaked the ending. It got very bloody. Yeah. And I, I, I just, my memory of the movie is that like a chainsaw going through somebody and there being gallons and gallons of blood. Yes. Which was kind of a nice visual. It was. It was maybe a little over the top, but that's Evil Dead. Yeah. Um, I wonder if they'll ever do an Evil Dead 2, like a sequel to the remake and if they'll make that funny. The thing I heard was that they're trying to do a crossover between New Evil Dead and the Evil Dead television show. Well, yeah, there's an Ash right vs. Evil Dead show, which I, I haven't seen any of that. I haven't seen it either. But, you know, it's a, this is a good compliment to the original Evil Dead. Mm. Some people talk about the original Evil Dead and how it was like Evil Dead 2 retconned it or 
you know, it, 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 or like it takes itself too seriously and it's kind of no, cheap. No, I, I don't but remember. I, but I think, but yeah. I think the original Evil Dead is actually a very scary film. It is. It, it it's it's unsettling Evil Dead, in some ways. Yeah. Oh my god! The first time I watched that movie, when she and, and this is you know this happens in the remake too, but when she goes out into the woods and the trees pry open her legs, yeah. You know what's gonna happen, and I was I was maybe like eighteen when I saw the the original Evil Dead for the first time, and I was just gobsmacked. Hmm. I was, what I was seeing. I was I think I saw it when I was like uh, twenty two or twenty three, and, yeah. and I when watching the original Evil Dead, I was I was really tense. Yeah, it, it, that did a really good job of of making you feel genuinely unsettled and uncertain where it's gonna go. The yeah. visual style of that movie puts you completely on edge yeah and the sequel is a different movie there are... but it's kind of and it is kind of the same story but it's like let's do it again but let's do it in a different way let's let's add more humor let's make it let's make it a little more over the top uh and you know basic setup same basic setup but you let's know give let's... ourselves a reason to make this movie where it can actually be a unique experience. Yeah. Again. And in a way, that's what they did with the remake. They made it another unique experience with the same setup, same yeah. basic characters. Yeah. I wouldn't say it's as... I wouldn't say, like, I would watch... Like, Evil Dead 2, I could put that on right now and have a blast. Mm. The remake of Evil Dead, I did enjoy it. Yeah. I'm not sure... I'd have to be in a certain mood to watch the remake again. Because there are some things that are really they're they're trying to. I'm not gonna say there's a mythology or anything or. I'm not concerned about mythology with the no. Evil Dead series, but I I am very interested in how it just uses violence in this very exaggerated but still visceral way. Yeah. And exactly. when 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 a, when a woman cuts off her face yeah. with a mirror shard, it's like you don't see everything, but. It does stick with you. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. I think that's all I have to say. What, what did we learn from Evil Dead, uh, the remake? Well, you tell me. Uh, let's see. What have we learned from it? It's that you... Don't go to a cabin in the woods? No, we've known that for a while. <laughs> uh, it's... Don't be afraid to do what you have to do. Hmm. I mean, the, in the Evil Dead remake, people really do desperate insane things just yeah. to stay alive the woman with the uh, meat carver okay that was actually something i really <laughs> that's something that sticks with me you know when she her hand is gradually getting infected mm -hmm. and she does the thing that all that anybody watching that film would know to do and you know you do what you have to do yes everybody in that film does what they have to do just to make sure that these evil demons don't kill everybody and rise up. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So in a way, they're almost heroic <laughs> by suffering so much. Yes. All right, so let me move on to another one. You, Please. All right. Yeah. Uh, how about It Follows? Yeah, well, I talked... Actually, that we... Yeah, that was I talked about that in the first one, yeah, because I had just seen that movie when I talked about it on the podcast, and I, I enjoy that movie a lot. I, yeah. I think it's really amazing. I don't think i expected exactly what i saw hmm. and since then my my opinion has become a little tainted because i have watched a few other reviews and things oh okay. and i have seen some interpretations which are really intriguing to me oh so in a way if you would come to me 
without watching that, you might have a different take on it. Yeah. Oh. I mean, it's something I I had watched it a little like maybe a, probably a week before this review, so I, I wasn't gonna stay away from it. I I regret not doing that, but. Never has an old woman walking across, walking down a hallway been so intimidating. <laughs> yeah. There's so much that's random about this, but still it's presented in a way that makes it very menacing. The, the paranoia level in this movie. Like, th- there's a scene where she's at the, she's at like her school or something. Yeah. Uh, not her school, but maybe somebody's school. And it's just somebody in the background walking around. Yeah. And, and it, it I, makes it, it turns it into every extra is a suspect. Yeah. And sometimes they, they use that for laughs. Like when they're talking about the guy who had sex with the, with the woman. Uh, if you, if you don't know the plot of it follows, there's a girl named Jay who, who has sex one night with, with a boy she likes, but he tells her because I've had sex with you, you are going to be followed by this strange entity that will try to kill you. Yeah, and, and if you, and you, you can't and you can't shake it, you have to have sex with somebody else but, so that it can follow them. And if it kills the per- if it kills you, it'll come back and kill me and everybody who started this. And since then, I, I've seen a lot of interesting ideas of how you can defeat this creature, <laughs> which are actually quite compelling. But I was thinking, but, but I too was thinking about that sort of thing. It's well, like, the the movie even tries to kind of illustrate that. Like, there's the scene where she goes out into the lake. Yeah. Um, which I enjoyed that. There, there are some really intense scenes in this, and especially I love the climax, how they all try to work together yeah. to defeat. Because sometimes in a horror movie, you just have like the girls now on her own, and she has to fight this yeah. killer. But here, they actually come together to try to stop this thing. Yeah, and, and uh, I also we- like the ambiance of Detroit. Hmm. When they show the city, it's just everything's very run down. And yeah. you feel very... Not like abandoned rundown, but you feel like things have weathered. This is just how it is. The thing I found most interesting about this, after looking at other people's interpretations, is the dreamlike aspect of It Follows. Hmm. And I find that really compelling. I mean, The music adds a little bit of that, too. A little bit. It's 80s but, synth thing. But when I get back to it, this I realize, yeah, this feels very much like a dream. It's like an old woman is walking across a... a this patch of grass looking at you moving towards you nothing inherently scary about that but when it's in your mind yeah yeah you're in the dreamscape it becomes it represents a whole bunch of other things and it's like this thing of this thing the thing following you in your dream and always being behind you no matter how much you run is a very common trope of dreams yeah and it, it The thing it also helps, too, is that it does that thing that is really nice when a horror movie can do this. It it asks you to do some work, but it's good work. Yes. It's asking you to use some of your imagination. It's asking you the very simple act of, what would I do in this situation? Yeah, and that's why so many people come up with theories of how to defeat to beat the monster. Yeah, because and it's which it, brings it's, up this whole idea of cabin in the woods scenarios where you're just like, huh? How did the how did that government agency get all those monsters? It's like, eh, maybe this is how they did it. It, it, <laughs> it. In a sense, it goes back to the purity of. I know it's a weird word to years use, but if there's any purity to a stalker movie, something like Halloween, mm. where you know in Halloween. 
this neighborhood in It Follows made me think of Halloween. Yeah, yeah, there's a lot of Carpenter in It Follows as far as that. And in because in Halloween, you just have the shape, yeah. this thing that it just kind of appears. And, in and this, Michael Myers' lack of identity puts him on par with It from It Follows. I mean, we don't have no idea what the origin of It is or what it really looks like. Yeah. And in fact, it, it looks like anything. Yeah. But, you know, you can transfer that sort of idea of it's anything onto Michael Myers' blank face. Yes. He becomes this sort of blank stand-in for anything while it literally becomes anyone. Mm-hmm. And then near the end of it falls, too, when she finally makes certain decisions. The other cool thing, too, I don't know how you felt about this, how it feels odd where, what time it might be placed in. Because it could be in the 80s, but then she has there the is little, technology that she has the little clam the phones. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, maybe that's just Detroit. <laughs> <laughs> the outer suburbs of Michigan. Um, but yeah, I, I quite, I'm glad you saw that. Yeah. Lesson. Lesson? Oh, did we already say that before about the old woman? No, that's not the lesson. Oh. <laughs> uh, our lesson is, from It Follows... Don't have sex. No. <laughs> uh, you, you it's can't, a little too puritanical. You can't, you can't go through your life just being like, never have sex or you're going to die. <laughs> yeah. Now, I don't think that's quite the message of the movie. That's a little too harsh. Oh, what could we learn from It Follows? What practical lesson could we take from this? Um, I'd say, well, working together as friends is a good idea. I think it's uh, I think it's more of a matter of using your brains because I kept thinking. Well, of, that's a little general, though. Yeah, that's a little general. But uh, let me let me see if I can. Well, what I'm saying though is, let me put more. this. Well, what I mean by that though is like, well, in the climax, the way that they're even though if it's a little bit foolish, the way that they're trying to defeat this this entity by throwing all the things into the into the swimming pool. Yeah, they're trying to use their brains there. They might not be doing the right thing, but. Um, <laughs> oh, I know. I got it. Always have an escape route. Ah, that's like the... That's actually advice from... Uh, that was the very last piece of advice that Q gave James Bond. Right. Before he... The, the I, but it's always guy. like whenever you're going into a major confrontation... Mm-hmm. I mean, it can be anything. But always have a way to withdraw if things don't go right. Mm. I mean, in a way, they kind of box themselves in at the end of It Follows and they have to make it or die. Mm-hmm. But, you know, even if you're going to plan on a big showdown like this, always be like, okay, here's the backup plan if things go sour. Yeah. Always have the escape route. Okay. And uh, you have one more movie? I got two more. Okay, good. But I'm going to make them quick. It's okay. The Just Witch. Or The Vavitch. Oh, The Vavitch. I'm curious what you think of this one, man. Because I talked about this, not on the, this horror-type podcast, but I talked about it before. It... It's a f- horror film that doesn't need to be a horror film to be good. I'm not saying that horror is bad. What I mean is it's like... Uh, well, it, it's one could... of those horror films that works without the supernatural element. Interesting. If there had been... Interesting. Well, that's something that I talked about with Corey after we saw the movie. Because we, we kind of questioned... Well, she more so than me. Like She actually had more of an issue with this than I did. But she had the thought of... Because they sh- actually do show you the witch... Yeah. Pretty early in the movie. Yes. I, it's what, not if they, a what if they to... hadn't shown you the witch if it had been more about this family being completely insane? I think about about their religious convictions. I think it's important 
because because it works as a drama. We've seen a lot of films that are we we've seen a lot of bottle films, mm-hmm. and even though this family isn't necessarily confined, they spend all their time in one place and they're just with each other. Right. And you know, with any situation where you're with the same group of people in the same small space, yeah, there's friction. We've seen a lot of bottle films like that. Yes. Now I think, and we've also seen a lot of films about the paranoia of the witch trials and about accusations. Oh, absolutely. And I think you needed the witch things to really set this thing apart. Because, you know, even though you don't need them to make a successful film, I really did like those parts. Well, you know what's, what, what's cool about it is this guy who made the movie, it's his first movie. Mm, very impressive. Yeah. Well, he, he used to be a production designer, and you can tell. It's all the more impressive because he, he did well, he such did, a good job setting him a historical Well, state. he did his research. He, yeah. he did a lot of research into, uh, you know, it's one thing if you just do it about, like, the Salem Witch Trials. And I think this takes place in the years before that. Probably, yes. Yeah, if I'm not mistaken. This is very early in the history of Massachusetts. Well, the, the thing, too, is that the characters' dialogue, their, their speech in the movie, the way they talk is very old time as yeah. well. That's how, you, that's how you know it's so authentic, is because they, just the way that they interact is from that. You feel like you're taking... Um, the way that you were These... kind of talking about how... Uh, we were watching earlier Welcome to the Basement, and uh, Matt Sloan said that when he had seen that scene when he was a real little child of John Wilkes Booth yeah. killing Lincoln, he thought they had taken that scene from... Someone that, had filmed it. Yeah, someone had filmed it then. Yeah, you could almost say, well, did someone film this back then? It's The characters feel very authentic. Now, I think, in a way, we need those witch scenes to give them credit. Because we can easily... Yeah. Now, we can easily look back at the witch trials and say, how, would, how could these people be so dumb? And It sets it apart, though, because if, if they hadn't shown the witch, if they had just made it about, well, here's this family that believes that all these women are, you know, if you're a woman, you're either, you know, a good Christian wife or you're a witch. Right. And the thing is, that's still there. But if it had just been that, then it would have been another witch trial type movie only with this family on its own right but what's interesting is in, that in a way it's a microcosm of the entire salem witch phenomenon hmm. it's well because also you need the very beginning of the movie because it'd be one thing if they were like in a town but they get cast out at the beginning of the movie yeah so you know this is the this is the family that was too crazy for the other puritans well it's it's un, it's unusual we don't know why they get kicked out. But we can kind of get the sense that they are extremely, uh, I don't know, messed up in some way. I feel, like they, got, I feel like they got cast out for a really good reason. Who knows? But uh, but getting back to why I think it's, it's good that they showed the witch, is that, again, we have our modern prejudices. How could people have believed in witches when it's clearly obvious to us that witches don't and didn't exist? Well... Th- if you show a witch in this, and if you understand what kind of thing these people were afraid of, that helps you identify with them, and it also helps you take their ideas more seriously. So it's not like you're not screaming at the screen, there are no witches, what are you talking about? You know, that can alienate people. You you can, yeah, you, yeah, you don't, yeah, there's that. 
But at the same time, though, there is still that element of that the family is crazy, too. They have their own problems. And this is something that's important. I mean, part of the reason why it works, the film works so well outside of the supernatural uh, realm of, of its subject matter is that it's about all these different characters yes. trying to grapple with religion and their own view of themselves versus how God sees them. And this one girl who's really at the focal point, uh, she's also the lead in uh, Split, uh, Anna Taylor-Joy. Right. Uh, also, my, one of my all-time favorite animal characters in, the, in a movie. Yeah. Black Phillip. <laughs> <laughs> right, but, it's, but, it, but it's also a film about Christianity. Well, the yeah, the, the the darkest side of Christianity that you can get, and and, th- and about very human emotions like guilt and sexuality and confusion and 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 dishonesty. I mean, all these people are so human, and that's part of what makes them feel like they're not worthy. But uh, well, also the time that they're set in too is right, very and, and and that that's amplified as much. By, by being in the fact of their it, it, how what it, their it, attitudes are yeah they're they're people and they have these feelings like we do but at the same time you know even the mother how they view women yeah. is especially a focal point too is that comes into play because of where anna taylor joy ends up at the end yeah and without showing the witch at the beginning how would you have possibly been able to accept that ending well yeah it, what's cool about it is that it i it, it, will guide thy hand yeah it takes you into um i might have mentioned this maybe we brought it up or did i bring this up when i watched that movie haxon mm. where that this a, is a great companion to to haxon yeah well I, I, if you want to go back uh audience and listen to uh the episode i did where i was in the cinema immersion tank and I uh, watched uh, Haxon five times. One of the great silent films and one of the great documentaries of all time. It was damn good. Uh, and uh, and that was also a movie that took witchcraft very seriously. Uh, it put it in its context, but still, it, it gave it gave it took very seriously the ideas. But that's, but that's what I mean. But also another key thing too to mention is the presentation of yes. the witch. That's a big part because what happens is at the very beginning of the movie. This, this teenage girl, Anna Taylor-Joy, she's playing with her baby. All of a sudden, like you see in the trailer, she goes, boo! And the baby's just gone. And you would think that this movie should stay with the human characters. No, the camera then goes into the woods. And that and you know, you don't see any human characters interacting with the witch. It just shows you, oh, this is what this is. Yeah. And it makes... it, But that's great. Because, yeah, as you said, you need to establish that. But also, it's just... Here's a world where witches exist. Yeah, that's it, and which is and very not, much the world that the separatists living in Plymouth thought they lived in. Yeah, yeah, there is that. Um, so you see it from their point of view. Hmm. Hmm. See. Okay. Oh. So I. Okay. I, I see what you're saying. Okay. Okay. I was getting a little confused for a second, uh, but yeah, it's because uh, I, I think what I was trying to figure on was if you meant that. We're seeing their perception of what they imagine the witch to be. No, that's I'm, not what no, I no, mean. no. I don't think you were saying that though. I, I, it's just this is the director showing us this witch is in this universe. Yes. Yeah. Which is which is cool, and it's not a, now by it's, sh- not, it's not a broom riding type witch. It's a 
freaky fucking woman in the woods. <laughs> I'm sorry, I don't know how else to say it. It's creepy as hell mm. when they show this woman in her cave and what she's doing to this baby. Oh, and yeah. at the very end, yeah, there, there should have been some Black Sabbath music playing at some point. <laughs> you, you can make your own soundtrack. Sure. Uh, okay. What was your last movie? Uh, well, we haven't... Oh, oh, the lesson. What's our lesson from The Witch? Uh, um, it's... Don't judge people too quickly. Mm, I think I can... Uh, let's see if I can uh, if I can get something a little more uh, specific. Um, women... Uh, something Be to do tripping. with women? <laughs> no, no yes that's what we're going with women beach <laughs> oh i think i think ultimately the importance thing in the witch is to be open with people so much about mm. so much about how the family interacts is yeah. uh, is that they're very secretive. The husband takes his wife's cup to buy some traps. The 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 son cannot articulate his his feelings about his sexuality when he stares at his sister. Do the little ki- I, do the little twins do the little kids have a secret too? Not really. They're kind of obnoxious. Yeah. <laughs> I, They're just there to taunt the Anna Taylor-Joy the, character. The, mo- uh, the mother can't be open about her grief. Mm. She can't. She does all these passive jabs at her daughter who yeah, she the, thinks is responsible for the, losing their baby. And and her daughter can't be honest about, like, why don't you shut up? You know, she, she can't speak her mind either. And it's uh, all this tension is building, it, but up it's in all this these t- this tension about unspoken secrets and about unspoken desires, and which it, is what Puritanism does. Well, I mean, that's a very human thing. We all have things we don't tell each other because we don't want to we don't want to get in trouble. And I, I don't see that as much as a critique of Puritanism as it but is about ex- just but, being human. Yeah, but to the extent though that women could especially not speak their mind. And if they did, they were seen as you know uppity. And... But again, that's more of the time period. That's not necessarily. But you can't divorce the movie from the time period it's set in. No, I mean, but everybody who lives now can understand the tension that comes from keeping a secret. Fair enough. Especially with keeping with not saying how you feel. Mm. So you know, I think that's the lesson we can learn from the witch. Right on. I mean, find a way to be more open if you can. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm not an advice man. I'm an advice I'm not All right, last one. Man. Last one. I'm going to make this quick because Please. this one is actually quite simple. The Conjuring. Okay. All right. This came highly recommended by our mutual friend, Matt Rose. Well, I, I like it too. I'm, 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 I'm not a, oh my God, this is one of the best horror movies ever type people. It's like very enjoyable. I liked it a lot. I expected a kind of straightforward haunted house movie, but it's more like Poltergeist crossed with The Exorcist. Hmm. The way that it's shot is what draws me in. They're like those great shots where like, there's that, I remember I first saw a clip of the movie almost a year, maybe not quite a year, but almost a year before the movie came out. And it was just that scene where I forget if it's Lily Taylor or the woman, like she, she's blindfolded and kind of reaching around yeah. and you just see the cabinet behind her open up. Yeah. And the way it's done is just very, it's not done in a way it's meant to give you a jump scare. It's no. just, here's this thing that's happening. 
It's just a cabinet opening up behind a person who's blindfolded. And that's great. Opening by itself. Yeah. That's so simple. Now, part of me wants to hate this movie. <laughs> Why? Because because of nothing that is the film's fault. It's the fault of the real life people this film is based on. Okay, because I, I didn't really know too much about these people. I've heard right, that they were that... actually... Are they supposed... I've now heard a little bit about them since. Are they, are they like charlatans? Not necessarily. I think they're extremely naive people who have exaggerated their oh. their claims. I, I've I've if you if you ever have a chance, look at this. Uh, listen to a podcast called Monster Talk. Okay, it's it's a, it's a skeptic podcast, and their accounts of Ed and Lorraine's Warren Warren's uh, interactions. Um, they are not the most reliable people when it comes to talking about supernatural experiences mm. when they're on tv especially ed, ed warren could be a bully huh uh even and which is pretty awful when you consider how positively he is portrayed in this film uh mm. and and ultimately you, you know that scene in this film where ed shows that man his like museum of forbidden items that's something that apparently the real Ed Warren had before he died. And it's basically just a bunch of junk that he thinks is haunted. Which is ironic because now we have a... I'm not kidding you. I, I don't know if you've seen the trailer for Annabelle 2. Uh, no. Now we have a Conjuring Universe. This is how it is advertised in the trailer. I, I'm going to get back to that. <laughs> but actually the Annabelle doll... Is apparently a doll he owns, but it's just a Raggedy Ann doll. Uh, yeah, because in the movie, they don't show the doll even for that long. That was the weird thing. By the way, another thing. When I heard they were going to make an Annabelle movie, I was like, really? They just showed that thing for like five seconds. By the way, the Annabelle doll, this is a problem I have with lots of horror movie dolls. <laughs> okay. None of them are viable toys that people would actually play with. <laughs> I was gonna say, who would buy that? Yeah, I mean, in 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 well, child, do you hate your child that in, much? In, in child's play, like the original film that like made this, it's See, like at it least looked with, normal. At least with child's, initially, with child's play, I actually could get it because the child's play doll looked a little bit more like, uh, not quite to the extent. It looked but it, like it, it looked, looked like a little. It had a little bit of a Teddy Ruxpin look. It, it looked like a boy's doll of the time. Yeah. That boys' dolls were a thing back in the eighties. You must remember. Uh, but, you must remember this. And uh, it's like it had a normal face, but then when it came alive, it was like ah. And but ever since then, every horror film doll we've had has been this grotesque monstrosity that no child would ever play with. Yeah. <laughs> Come on, guys. All right, that's just a tiresome trope. Uh, now, as you said, though, it if you were not to know about. Uh, Evelyn Ray Warren, though, I mean, well, that, you, could, you could at least watch this movie on its own terms, and it works as a very skillfully made uh, intense horror movie. That, in a way, makes me a little more worried because I feel like people are going to give the Warrens more credit than they're due. But let's say that but we. You, well, but let's say that these people were called to, were totally different people, we, with different names. Yeah. Let me, and I'm willing to take the film on those terms and just separate. The script of this film 
from real life. Well, it's well, it, you, and, kind, well you kind of have to do that at times. I mean, for example, I mean, do you watch the Texas Chainsaw Massacre and go like, "Oh God, they really they really man- messed up the story of Ed Gein." I know, <laughs> or Psycho for that matter. I'm I'm just a little bothered by the fact that it's the same names, but I'm gonna divorce my two thoughts about these. And I'm going to say I really enjoyed this film because I liked that idea of this being like the adventures of the Warren couple. It's like these are people, it's like they go from haunting to haunting and they, they feel like they know what they're doing. Let, let's not even call them the Warrens. We're going to call them like the, the, the Dickersons. <laughs> yeah. It's like after at the end of The Conjuring... I felt like, man, if they just made another film, like kept making films that was like the further adventure of of the Dickersons. Yeah. I'm like, okay, that would be cool. It's something we hadn't we haven't seen in a while. And then yeah. they made The Conjuring Two, which is that idea. Yeah, and I like The Conjuring Two. And to a certain too. extent, you know, and the Annabelle thing is like, well, they're making their own universe. That's actually not a terrible idea. <laughs> no, I mean, I've actually I mean, whether they're good it. films or not is one is another thing. I mean, again, if well, you're going to go thing back... About, well, the thing about Annabelle is that we talk about this universe where they have these adventures, but Annabelle doesn't involve Ed Lorraine Warren. It's, it's just, just a movie that's a creepy doll movie. It's a spinoff. Uh, yeah. You know, but, but I don't mind that. I mean, if you were going to make a universe out of The Conjuring, then, you know, I that would be fine. It's just, you know, are those movies good? Uh, yeah. <laughs> But I, but uh, I'm not gonna see The Conjuring two because I just watched the Cinema Sins and I'm just gonna, eh, that's good enough. Oh. But you know, I like that idea. I mean, if they're gonna make another Conjuring two with the Dickersons, yeah, then it's like, yeah, let's, yeah, that's a good idea. You keep doing that. Make them a little better. Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe think about basing it on two other people who are not terrible, and then uh, you know, just keep going. Mm-hmm. So I, I really enjoyed that. Cool. And now. What have we learned, and what do we learn from uh, the Conjuring? This comes from the earlier part in the movie where they're talking about the Annabelle doll. Do not engage ghosts in conversation. Oh yeah, that does happen. Those stupid it? people in the apartment, are like, oh yeah, you can go in the doll. No, do not work with ghosts. <laughs> it's like it's like the United States. We don't negotiate with terrorists. We do not talk to ghosts. Yeah. Well, you gotta remember that ghosts are people with unfinished business. No, they're not. They're just. They're just... <laughs> I, I was ghosts making kind just, of a joke. Ghosts are just assholes. Basically. Yeah, jokes. The yeah, ghosts suck. They're like ghosts ter- are always out there to. They're fuck like with people. Pe- terrible people who were terrible in their previous yeah. lives, and then want to keep being terrible even though they're dead. Well, that's the thing. People in in movie, you know, when people go to see movies, I'm sure if you made a movie with a nice ghost, maybe some people would see it. I don't think a lot of people would. You got people like seeing movies where ghosts are assholes. Well, it's it's kind of like Close Encounters of the Third Kind. Like that's a positive alien contact movie. We don't really How get many, too many of those. Yeah, it's, it's mostly alien invasion films and abduction things. It's like so. Like, what have we had that's been like positive contact between? We've well, had Patrick. Well, we had the movie Ghost. We've had Patrick Swayze. I mean, he's a very handsome ghost. <laughs> uh, there was one movie of like a guy who was living in a house with three ghosts. There was Casper, which was not very good. Uh, no. It's a very short list. <laughs> uh, the, the friendly ghost. Yeah, you don't want... Like, yeah, the thing is, yeah, the idea is we're supposed to be scared watching a movie. You can't be too scared if the ghost is nice. That's true. Well, it, then it becomes a different movie entirely. It becomes a comedy or it becomes a romance. Oh, the ghost and Mrs. Mu- uh, Muir. I haven't seen that movie. No, I haven't seen it either. 
But there but you that, go. But that's apparently Ghost is a remake of Ghost and Mrs. Muir. Oh, I didn't know that. Well, like a spiritual remake, you know. Oh, spiritual. Oh. <laughs> Get out. Well, I hope you've enjoyed our talk about horror films, and I hope you've gleaned a lot of practical advice from the horror films That's your right. I, I didn't expect that we'd give so much practical advice, but that's what we're here for. We try The Wages to... of Cinema is gradually going to become this, like, life lesson manual of, of horror film tips. We'll be like the, uh, we'll be like the Savage Love cast, only, uh, only it's movies. Right. <laughs> we call. Ha, why don't you call us in, and we'll try to help you out with uh, any movie ideas uh, that you need help with, as far as giving us. I, I was, I was, I was trying to do a radio voice, and I couldn't do it. Uh, if you, if you need us to come up with practical lessons learned from movies, actually, that would be kind of a cool episode to do. Mm. So we'll have to think about that. Um, we could but, just make a different podcast entirely. There you go. Um, but in the meantime, if you've seen any of these movies and you have any thoughts or uh, comments or want to share anything about them, uh, we always love reading your comments on the air. Um, tell us how you liked Horror in April. We yeah, loved it. Yeah, tell us how you liked it. We, 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 had, uh, we had a lot of fun doing this again. Be cool kids and agree with us. Yeah, and don't smoke anything. <laughs> don't smoke fish. Don't smoke meat. <laughs> No turkey legs. Uh, I just, I just remember, I, I once did like a Batman short or something. Like it was a mockumentary where Batman is just uh, with like an, he's with an actor friend of mine. He's inter- interviewing people, asking them what they think of the Dark Knight. <laughs> and there's one point where uh, the guy said to Batman, "Why don't you tell him what? Why don't you tell him, kids? Why don't you tell the kids what to say? But what to do, Batman?" He says, "Stay in school and don't smoke anything." <laughs> so that just came to my mind but send us an email to wagesofcinema at gmail.com and we're at facebook.com slash wagesofcinema and twitter.com slash wagesofcinema uh, you can visit us on SoundCloud, iTunes, Stitcher um, please leave us a, a subscription and subscribe uh, please subscribe and leave a review it really helps our uh, view- viewings online Yeah. when we come back next time well it's it's summer you know what that means Pool time. Pool time, and once again, Disney wants to get that Marvel money. And they will, because we're going to go it's see... It's like the running of the bulls by now. It, it pretty much is. It's just like, here's all the comic books and popcorn and raccoons that you can eat and play with and all that raccoons stuff. Raccoons that you can eat. Sure. Why not? I, I, I hear the raccoon is actually quite tasty. Oh, but God. here's the point. We'll, we'll, we'll be back we're coming very back. soon. We're going to do a lot of podcasts. <laughs> Excuse me. <coughs> um, I was about to sneeze. Um, we're going to come back a lot this month because we have new movies coming out that we're going to review for you. So stay tuned as we review Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2, uh, King Arthur, The Legend of the Sword. and Legend of the Streets. <laughs> and uh, Alien Covenant, uh, the long-awaited sequel to Prometheus. Yep. <laughs> If but, um, my hunch is correct, I'm going to tear this film apart. Which, you guys will want to hear that. I'm going to give me. it a fair chance. I'm going to give it a chance. Believe me. <laughs> Doesn't Trump also say believe me at the end of everything? Believe me. <laughs> I don't know. I'm sorry to laugh so loud, but that was too good. But anyway, thank you for listening, everyone. I think we had a really good show tonight. 
And on behalf of The Wages of Cinema, I'm Jack. And I'm Andrew. And remember, The Wages of Cinema is death. And death and nothing else. Maybe death and taxes, but just death for now. Good night. Thank you.